It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today, it is the 2nd of October, 2022, and a full weekend of Big 12 action to break down. TCU hammers Oklahoma, Kansas State with a nice win over Texas Tech. A lot of points there in the fourth quarter for the Wildcats. Kansas gets to 5-0. and Also, Oklahoma State wins the rematch of the Big 12 title game. And Texas just absolutely smokes West Virginia. Uh, some big injuries happen over the course of the weekend, but there's just so much to get to. Excited to break all of it down and kind of just big takeaways from all these games as we move forward. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is the 2nd of October, 2022. We've made it. First show of October. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the channel, like the videos, tap the bell for notifications, interact with us as well. Give us your biggest takeaways from week number five in the big 12 uh your thoughts about any of the games that happened you know how it relates to stuff outside of the big 12 who did you think now are to be the big 12 title favorites let us know in the comments section make sure you follow us on twitter at lo big 12 you guys can find me at josh neighbors underscore also once again subscribe 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 trying to get to 2300 right now help us get that push and get that over the edge um you know, every single time I come here on Mondays, I'm always like, wow, what a weekend. And this weekend, you know, we got some clarity in some spots, but some of these results were just not shocks, you know, especially the TCU game. But like you go through TCU and Oklahoma State over Baylor and Kansas over Iowa State and Texas over West Virginia, like Texas Tech versus Kansas State is really the only game this weekend that I feel like a hundred percent met the expectations I had coming into it. And I think that's something that, you know, in a lot of other leagues, like you have that uh, the big 12 is competitive, really competitive this year. It does not mean it's a bad league. It does not mean it's a great league. It's, it's a very good league. The big 12 is a very good league. Um, It does not have an Alabama. It does not have a Georgia. It does not have a Clemson. Although Clemson, you know, like once again, Clemson's played two relatively close-ish games against good teams the last couple weeks. But Clemson's like elevating their play as they go along right now. They didn't on defense against Wake Forest, but I thought they elevated their play a decent amount last night, especially on defense relative to the Wake game. Um, But it is, I mean, you can pick like two of six teams right now to be in the Big 12 championship game. And nobody is shocked, right? I mean, Baylor was picked to win the league. They have one Big 12 loss to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is undefeated. TCU is undefeated. Kansas is undefeated. K-State is undefeated in conference. And, you know, two quality wins so far. Uh, you know, Texas is, you know, they're one and one in the league. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to get Quinn Ewers back next week. And that game's really fascinating against OU, right? Like, there aren't a whole lot of teams that you're ready just to cross out of the big 12 title race at this point. I mean, yeah, I feel like West Virginia is probably not going to win this league. Uh, I feel like, OU at two losses, a hundred percent uphill climb. I think Texas tech, it's pretty fair to say like, that's not a big 12 title team, right? And they lost Tyler shock, but it's a really good fun team to watch. Like they, they play pretty well. They're going to play pretty much everybody pretty close. Most of their games, it feels like, but I'm, 
Not going to say it's a Big 12 title caliber team. Kind of cross them out. Iowa State, you can cross out as well, it feels like, at this point in time with two conference losses to Kansas and Baylor. But who else are you really crossing out? Right? You're not really, you know, there's, I let you four teams there. But like in, in Oklahoma, I mean, once again, like I'm not going to 110% write off Oklahoma at this point in time. It's getting close. I mean, it's getting really close, but I'm not going to 110% write them off. Maybe it's because the logo on the helmet, you know, they've earned that benefit of the doubt, I think. But you could say, Josh, it's old regime. That's not the case anymore. Sure. Yeah, you might be right in that respect. Um, but I'm just not going to go all the way there yet. So I still think that there are, uh, you know, there. Are, it's it's really, really interesting the rest of the way. Let's get into these games, though, just so we can start, like, attacking what actually happened over the weekend. Let's go with TCU. TCU runs Oklahoma is the way I thought about it. Uh, ran them out of the building, ran the ball over them, ran up the score. I mean, they thought run up the score at one point in time. Uh, they win 55 to 24. And I know Max Duggan hits that explosive run in the first half. And even with that, they ran for 15 yards a carry in the first half. They ended up running for 8.8 yards per carry in the game. And that's with a lot of the garbage time trying to slow this thing down. They racked up over 660 yards of total offense. They were seven for 14 on third down. They hit plenty of explosive game, uh, explosive plays in this game. Uh, you know, nine yards per, I think per completion for them. It, you know, it's really funny when I watched this TCU team play and I, I didn't think this would be the case. They're still not great. Like Max Duggan's still not great. In the intermediate passing game. He is just really good at down. He's, he's a really good downfield thrower. Like anything beyond 10 yards, he can get some velocity on or get some air under like he's actually a pretty good thrower, but there's a reason why he lost the job guys. And it's something that we talked about in the off season too. Like there's a reason he lost the job. Just if you want to talk about a quick running, you know, quick efficient offense like that, he's not the number one guy that you think of to do it. That's why Chandler Morris won that job. But the one thing Max Duggan has is experience. And uh, Sonny Dykes has said this. He's a guy who did not complain when he lost that job. He did not pout. He did not, you know, uh, did not do anything. He put his nose down to the grindstone, kept working. They needed him basically right off the bat. He was there in that game against uh, against Colorado. And, you know, from that point forward, we're talking about a guy that has been lights out, been one of the best quarterbacks in the conference and the best quarterbacks in the country. And, like, you see this, like, we're going to talk, talk about Spencer Sanders here pretty soon. But sometimes just guys like get old and play well. Sometimes they just need that experience and they keep, you know, they keep going and it, it propels them forward. And look, I didn't, I'm not going to say this, this became, you know, this was the guy that I thought we'd see. That's a hundred percent a lie. But like he's in his fourth year at TCU, man. Like the guy has, the guy has thrown for over 6,000. He almost had 7,000 yards. Um, he's rushed for over 1500 yards and 21 touchdowns. He's thrown over 50 touchdown passes. Like, the guys in the 30s or 40s, I forget what somebody like said, for starts, definitely the 30s for starts, the guys started a ton of football games. Not Once again, not saying I ever saw this thing coming, but man, their plan of attack yesterday was awesome. And man, they just punched Oklahoma in the mouth. They took advantage of Oklahoma's mistakes. And that thing got ugly in the first half. That thing was ugly in the first half of that game. And so, look, they beat SMU by eight, and they were not fantastic on defense. So as much as I love what TCU did, like we can't 110% say it's all TCU. They deserve a ton of credit. But, like, we know that they can be challenged just a bit. T uh, SMU made that game a little hairy 
at times. But Dylan Gabriel didn't look good. That shot from Jamoy Hodge, man, like I tweeted this, I believe this. That should be a suspension for more than one the game that he was committed for. That's just a awful, dirty hit that's so dangerous. It is so dangerous when a guy like Hodge takes a shot at the quarterback or any player like the way he did at Dylan Gabriel. Um, but Gabriel didn't look good. You know, Oklahoma's rushing numbers end up looking like okay in the end of this game, but it was not, it was not effective, man. It's not effective in this game uh, at all. They were all out, out of sorts. You know, TCU goes up 13 to three, and then you get the Max Duggan 67 yard run. Um, and then, you know, the, you get the, uh, the uh, Oklahoma answer, but then it was just another answer from TCU. And then they scored again in the second quarter in nine plays, 89 yards, three minutes, 50 seconds. And even though they were, you know, they get up another touchdown, they, like they scored one more after that. I mean, they went up and down. They're hitting explosive plays. They're going on long drives. I mean, they were, you know, like, like there was there was more intermediate kind of stuff. I mean, a lot of it was running. A lot of the running football stuff was really, really good. Uh, Max Douglas was finding all of his guys. Like, this was just an ass kicking. And, I mean, you think maybe, okay, in the third quarter, you come out and it is a, at that point in time, it was a 24-point game. No, nah, I mean, they, they blanked Oklahoma in that quarter, too. I know they had to go to the backup, Davis Bevel. Um, but it was over. They went 14 and uh, scored 14 points that quarter. At one point, it was 55 to 17. And we had them tweeting. Oh, TC was tweeting, who will get to 62 first? Aaron Judge or T- or us, TCU, right? I mean, they beat their ass into the ground. And Oklahoma has a lot of questions they're going to have to answer. Their defense looked really strong. And I know it's Nebraska, but like they were, they were doing a good job with assignments, except for that first drive, which they cleaned it up after that. They were tackling well. That stuff's all gone out the window in the last two weeks. Teams have moved the ball against them. Teams have hit big plays on them. I mean, teams can, you know, it, it's, it's too easy right now. Teams are pushing around, pushing them around up front. Like Brent Venables, it's not all his fault. He's got a job to do ahead of him, man. He's got a job to do ahead of him. And I think we also, and I fell on this too, overrated how good that offense would be. Jeff Levy's done an awesome job as an offensive coordinator, basically every single place that he's gone. And this is a little bit more difficult. This one, you know, this is, I mean, I don't think the personnel's bad. Like they got a lot of good players. I mean, they got a lot of good players in this team. Like Eric Gray, Javante Barnes, there's no Marcus Major. I mean, Javante Barnes went for 100 yards in this game. I know obviously they empty calories, whatever. Like they've got talented guys and obviously receiving core is pretty good too. But, you know, I was I was working this morning with Tom Luganbill, who works with Dusty Dvoracek on their crew. They had the FSU Wake Forest game yesterday. And he said, Dusty went to OU, was like, I don't know what's happening. And I mean, that seems to be the common thread. Like, you know, besides just getting handled and not playing very well, like normally you see good teams not play well and they can escape, right? OU against Kansas last year. You think about games like that where, you know, Oklahoma can pull the escape act. Uh, Oklahoma against Tulane or Nebraska, whatever it is. They, this team cannot get away with that when they don't play well, man. And some team rises, you know, raises their game. I mean, Oklahoma is just susceptible, gets punched in the mouth. And also, one thing we knew going into the going into the um, start of the season, and this is why this is why coaches really want to keep the quarterback depth, is that they did not have like a clear, obvious guy to be the backup. Now it's Davis Bevel, and I, I mean, I don't, not sure how much confidence. Uh, they have in him. This guy is a transfer from Pitt, hasn't played a ton of ball, and now he's their guy. I know um, John Jonathan Williams will have it all covered. Uh, John Williams has it all covered at Locked On Sooners. So more breakdown. It's Oklahoma specific. Go to him. And also, our man Stephen Simcox has more on Locked On Horn Frogs about TCU's amazing. Once again, that was an awesome performance. Like 
I did not expect TC to be this good. Their defense played a lot better than I thought, um, especially in the beginning of the game. Man, like that, what, what a performance. But, I mean, Oklahoma, like this is complete disarray, complete disarray that we're not accustomed to seeing. So I, I'm curious where they go where they go from here. But TCU, I mean, will they have games this year where they don't look like this team? Yeah, sure. But the fact they, ha- they had this game in them, I did not think this TCU team had this game in them. This this is not this was not on the menu for me with TCU. If you knew it, shout out to you. I did not. I did not see that coming. I said hammer and nail. I thought Oklahoma would be the hammer in this game. Uh, they've had TCU's number. I, I thought they would come out there and after a bad performance, hammer TCU. Not the case. Not the case. Uh, real quickly, the game that happened. Um, oh, not real quick. We'll, we'll spend some time on this one. Uh, but I'm just going chronological throughout the day. Kansas State, this game, like <laughs> – it's weird. They, if they don't hit explosive plays, their offense kind of sucks. Like their offense can really stagnate. And they had two two play two play touchdown drives in this game. Um, Adrian Martinez, just when he needs it, is so good. This is the one thing we talked about. Like they, if they have a functional pass, like a barely functional passing game, they're going to be so hard to beat because their defense is good. Their defense can make plays. Their defense can stand up. And their rushing attack is so good. Those two on those two on the ground yesterday, Martinez and Vaughn combined, combined for three or uh, 240 rushing yards, or excuse me, 340 rushing yards and three touchdowns on just 35 carries. Uh, I mean, these two guys together almost ran for 10 yards a carry, and, and Martinez gets all the touchdowns. They both had runs of 69 yards. Nice. And so that was huge. And so and they hit a couple, they had um, four passing plays that I can count that went over at least, uh, at least oh, maybe over four, but they had four passing plays. I can count that went over 10 yards. They had uh, Vaughn caught one, Knowles caught one, Brooks caught one and Warner caught one, like a 20 yard. So, I mean, they were getting guys in space to, in, in situations to make plays to, uh, to, to score in this game and to move the football down the field and score. They were not great on third down um, in this game. Uh, they were just the big thing for them was they were so efficient in the running game. And also here's the, here's the, the kicker. They forced another four turnovers on defense. They gave themselves extra possessions and this team at times can squander those possessions. Now against Missouri, like they weren't cashing in on all four of those interceptions that we saw. Um, but in this game, cause like watching this game, they, they, so they forced an interception early on in the game and then they fumble it. And then Texas tech fumbles again and then they punt. And then later on in the game, you had a, let's see, where is uh, a turnover on downs that Kansas State converted into a field goal and then a fumble that turned into a touchdown. So what we're talking about here is, and also they have the interception at the end of the game to close things out. What we're talking about here is a team that uh, because of how explosive their offense is occasionally and how good their team, is, their team is at turning people over, like, you know, th- they could be doing better than what they're doing right now. Um, but this was good enough. I think, that, you know, I have, I, once, once in a while, a team comes around, a team gets old, right? And this Chris Kleiman has said this a bunch of told us this morning on ESPN radio on Sirius XM, like this is an old team. And with that, you, you know, you can have a lot of success. Like think about the expectations for Iowa state's team. This team could be that team. Are they all the way there yet? No, not all the way there. Think about the fact they took a 13, nothing lead. And then once they took that 13 nothing lead, uh, let's see, 13 nothing they went fumble, punt, 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 end of the half, punt, touchdown. 
right? So like they didn't keep that pressure up for most of the game. They got it going again in the second half, but and I'm not saying this tech defense is this tech defense is much better than it normally is, but like they could not get off to the races. Tech came back and, you know, they, they were able to tie this game up at 13. They were tied heading into that fourth quarter. And then Kansas state scores, I think 20 points in a uh, 17, excuse me, the fourth, they scored um, uh, uh, seven there in the third, but like that's, that's really good. 17 fourth quarter, fourth quarter points. I just want to see this thing more often for them, like sustaining that because they start punching against their weight class, man, against, against Oklahoma state. Yeah. That's a, it's a big one right there or Kansas. And it's crazy to say Kansas later on in the year. Like, you know, I know Kansas didn't get a shot for a shot. They put Iowa state this week, but you're going to have to score, especially against like an Oklahoma state. Like you got to keep up that pressure. If you let Spanders, Spencer Sanders keep getting opportunities to score on you and score on you score, they're going to do it eventually. So I don't want to sound critical, but like I, 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 this comes from a place where I think this Kansas State team can be awesome, can be awesome, if they just get a little bit more from their offense, and they can kind of keep up that pressure, like they did against OU. I think OU that's a great example. There was some stalling, but they, they for the most part, they kept that pressure on the whole game. The fact that they arrived at thirty-seven points the way they did it was a pretty. Uh, auspicious way to get there I'll, I'll say that like that texas tech i still think they're i still think they're ahead of schedule to me i watched this game and thought they're ahead of schedule like think about it like this in the first year for joey mcguire you know he's got to get the group together there are some older guys on defense i know that but like this kansas state group is coalescing right now quarterback was kind of that final piece for them T- texas tech's not all the way there yet new coordinator new coach they're not all the way there yet. So I thought it was a really good fight for them on the road. And they were in this thing at the end, Donovan Smith, some decision-making stuff once again um, for him, but Xavier White had a huge day in the air, especially. And Donovan's just going to make plays, man. They asked him to throw the ball around like 45 times, 48 times. So, I mean, for a guy who's still, you know, learning to play the game, he's got it next year or later on in the year, we're going to see him start, stop, eliminating, stop, start, start eliminating mistakes. I think that eventually will come. I hope it eventually comes. Um, you know, we're seeing it now, Spencer Sanders, like it's, it's happening on a much lesser extent. So I, I love the way Donovan Smith, like they still put a lot on his plate. I still think he's a really good player. I love what his team's at. I think for them, three and two for the, once again, the murderer's row that Texas Tech had. Murray State, yeah. Top 25 team in Houston, who may not have the accurate, but still 33-30 win. NC State, 27-14 loss. You were in that football game. Texas, the win, number 22, Texas, 37-34 win. Kansas State on the road. They're at Oklahoma State next week. Like, this is a gauntlet. And they, they're acquitting themselves very well right now. All right, uh, let's keep going. This is a big game. This is weird to think this is like the big game of the day. I'm sorry it's taking me so long to get in, um, get into these games, but there's just so much happened. I mean, this this should have been like the biggest result of the day that we talked about, but there's so much other stuff. Kansas gets a 5-0, and o, obviously. And then you have the TCU blowout over Oklahoma. Like this one kind of got buried a little bit. Oklahoma State goes on the road and wins 36 to 25 in a fun game that was slow at first. Uh, so there were 10 points in the first quarter, nine points in the second quarter. <laughs> there were, let's see, doing quick math here, 49 in the third quarter and three in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought Spencer Sanders managed the hell out of this game. He got some really big run plays when they needed to. They off to a they, they got off to the lead early. And uh, it was kind of back and forth. It looked like they almost put him away there in that third quarter. But, you know, the, the Baylor kind of battled back a little bit. Um, but I thought he made the right throws at the right time for the most part, except for the interception. I thought on the ground, even though they weren't that successful, like the, the numbers of them offensively successful, you'd be like, oh, that's not very good. Um, 
you know, six for 15 on third down is like, is like pretty meh. But this is a team that just made plays when they had to, right? And they get that safety to make it nine to three, right? And then they also score at the end of the quarter to make it 16 to three. It kind of put that gap out. They come out strong in that third quarter, make it 23 to three. So widen that gap. They absorb the two touchdowns from Baylor and then come back and they score uh, a touchdown themselves. And then they get a field goal to get back to a 16 point lead. And they get that field goal with about 411 or 448 left to go. So like, you know, they paced themselves very well in this game. The offense came when it needed to. I know it was not a sustained offense, but like they built the leads they had to, they, they kind of almost gave them away at some points, but they kept rebuilding them when they needed to. And I think that just shows like the veteran leadership of Spencer Sanders. When you got to drive or however long it needed to be a field goal, whatever it had to be, they ended up making that stuff happen. They also got the turnovers when they needed to. They forced two turnovers this game. They get two interceptions. They it's critical for them to win that battle a lot of the times. And a lot of that comes down to Spencer Sanders. Um, when they win that turnover battle, they're going to be a really difficult team to beat. Very, very difficult team to beat when they win that turnover battle. Uh, their defense is a playmaking defense in the back end. They can stop the run. It's just like it's tough, I think, for in my opinion. Um, they did and they did an okay job yesterday stopping the run, I think, for the most part. Um, they can be a very good defense at times. That back end is not great. I know Harper had the interception yesterday, but that back end of that Oklahoma State defense is just not very, is not good good yet. And it makes sense. I mean, they lost eight guys, you know, seven or eight starters off their defense. But Oklahoma State now, that's that's a top 10 team. I I sold them short a little bit at the beginning of the season. I didn't think they were that good of a team. But that's that's a great group. For Baylor, I want to say this. People had really high expectations for the Baylor Bears coming into 2022. And that's fine. That's okay. I don't think we looked at what they lost. They lost their two best running backs, Abram Smith and Treston Ebner, both of which guys you know, went on and, and Ebner's right now playing in the league. Um, you, know, you lose uh, – I always forget uh, who I'm talking about, uh, the, the wide receiver. But obviously, it was your best wide receiver. You lose three guys in the back end with JT Woods, uh, Raleigh Tejada, I'm not sure if lost anybody else, but Jalen Petrie, who is an absolute stud. You lost him. Terrell Bernard, absolute stud. And then you switch quarterbacks. And, like, that's a lot of transition to, you know, kind of try to be a more explosive offense, to try and get to that point where you're uh, making more plays downfield. You're not just a running the football team. You know, you can run the ball. You can hit explosive plays. You can throw the ball downfield and play shape and will it sometimes, and it does work sometimes. Um, and it worked some in this game too, but like this, this is going to take some time. And once again, I, I even, I was actually probably wrong about how long it was going to take them. Uh, but you've got guys like Presley and Monterey Baldwin on this team. Reese Wright is a really young guy. Shapin still got plenty of time left. Like I know for their offensive defensive lines. Yeah. They're pretty old and I have to work on those groups too. But like Jeff Grimes never had a problem with that. And, and Dave Aranda, and Ron Roberts the, uh, on the defensive end are really good coaches. So I'm not really too worried about them like coaching that side up. Now Jeff Grimes might leave, but we'll see what happens. Um, so like they're gonna be they're gonna be okay in the future, but they just have a lot they have to replace and work through. And this Oklahoma State group, I know they lost a lot too, but it's still like eventually it was gonna happen for Spencer Sanders, man. Eventually it was gonna happen for him. Like he's been around long enough, and he is too talented for him to keep being the you know the the, the I guess lack, lack of a better term the screw up that he was. I thought he managed this game very well. And I, I thought they got the points they needed to. He had big runs they needed to, you know, got first downs, whatnot. I thought it was a really strong performance from him.
Uh, and so with that, like, I don't know what their ceiling is. I know all the way their ceiling is, but Oklahoma state now to me, because it went over Baylor, you have to think it's your odds on favorite to go to, to, to win the big 12 at this point. Please go to a big 12 championship game. Tough stretch here, Texas tech at TCU, Texas at K state at Kansas, all back to back to back to back. I think the one I'm circling, I think they can make it. I mean, TCU should be really interesting. I think they can make it to Kansas State undefeated. I'm really curious to see what a defense like that could do against Spencer Sanders. I'm very, very curious. But, you know, I I, I have to downgrade Baylor, Baylor a little bit here. Definitely got to upgrade Oklahoma State. I thought this would be the game where he gets over the hump, but they, they did uh, against Baylor. I know they beat him last year, but, like, Spencer Sanders didn't play very well against them. Thought he managed the game pretty well. Overall numbers, especially passing-wise, won't be good in the end, but he had to do what he had to do. Got the, got the job done. All right, quick word from our sponsors here, and then we'll get to the Kansas Jayhawks getting to 5-0. and oh. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by LinkedIn. Appreciate the folks at LinkedIn for sponsoring this show. You guys know the deal. If you're hiring right now, the best place to find candidates for whatever position you're trying to fill is LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during march your eyes are on the road but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, let me get this off right here. Let me put up my thing once again. Let me take a quick sip of water. Okay. Up next, Kansas. Oh my God, fourteen to eleven, Kansas Jayhawks. Um, I mean, we'll get more into the game base. They get they're gonna get college game next week. They're ranked. I mean, them. I think Kansas State's ranked. Uh, you know, TCU's me ranked too, which is actually makes, makes that game a lot of fun. They scored fourteen in the first quarter of this game, and did not score again the rest of the way, and they won the game. Good teams win games in a variety of ways. Oh, it's going to be 14 points the second quarter. Sorry, they scored them all in one quarter, but yes. Um, I mean, this like this game was not an excellent football game. But Jalen Daniels was 7-4-14 for 93 yards passing the ball. Uh, rushing the football was a little bit of a slog today, and a slog yesterday, excuse me, in that front. But the kicking was not good. They got the stops and they needed to. They kind of let Xavier Hutchinson eat, but really limited, you know, tried to do the, I guess they could you know, do the best they could to limit everybody else. Um, Iowa State's not that good, but once again, like focus on Kansas. Winning games in a variety of ways proves that you are a good team. I thought Kansas here proved that they are a good team because they won ugly. You look at their resume right now and the way that they won games and you go through it. Tennessee Tech obviously was a route. West Virginia, they went down and then ended up winning that game 55 to 42 in overtime. They went down again against Houston, 48-30. They against Duke, um, 35 to 27. 
14 to 11. Like they're winning football games in all kinds of way, all kinds of ways. Are they battering their competition? No. I mean, let's be honest. That West Virginia game was a one score game. The Duke game ends up being a one score game. They were down two scores against Houston. That was actually their biggest, their best, like most pronounced win against the, the four uh, uh, division one teams they played was that win against Houston. It was 18 point win. Like they're winning these games close and some of them by the skin of their teeth. Yes. But like they're doing it in a variety of ways. Also, Lonnie Phelps is a difference maker. When was the last time KU's had a guy like that off the edge, man? He is a difference maker. The two Kansas schools with Felix and DK is on made a big play yesterday. I forgot to mention that. And, um, and Lonnie Phelps, like those are two difference makers off the edge. Got playmakers in the back end, like, uh, like Jacoby Bryant and like Kenny Logan. They've got a bunch of guys who can make plays. Defense will give it up to you at times, but they held fast. They held strong. They didn't let, uh, you know, Iowa State, get, Iowa State get too close yesterday. They missed the kick. And look, man, everybody's missing kicks. So like, it's not an excuse. It's not really an excuse anymore. Like, uh, I mean, you got, it's kind of just college kickers just kind of out there, right? It's just kind of the way this, this thing works at this point in time. So what a win for Kansas. They're getting college game day against TCU, a game that they're once again dogs in. And that's a really interesting game because both those teams were going to run the football. The one thing we have to look at out here uh, for is Kansas with Highshaw. You have the injury to Daniel Highshaw Jr. So we have to see what happens there for KU. I'm not sure. It might have been carted off the field uh, on that one. I forgot they brought the card out because I, I had that in the, the Baylor game on simultaneously. That's a huge loss. The good news for them. They are very deep at that running back position. A guy I talked about coming to the year was Kai Thomas. He's not stepped up yet to this point in the year. Very curious to see now if they can get him involved in this. He didn't have a carry yesterday. Also, what a shout out to, um, they used Jason Bean, their backup guy who played quarterback last year. Like they had running plays with him. They had a design run where he was the guy, the quarterback. They had one where they handed the ball off to him and he passed. I mean, they're getting everybody involved, right? They spread this thing. They spread this football around yesterday was a whole lot of luke Grimm, but um you know he had the most catches with four the passing it wasn't great yesterday but they completed seven passes and won the game and that's if that's not a mark of a good team i don't know what is so you kind of got a couple clunkers they, they haven't been great last couple weeks i have to say that not been excellent uh, you know all the way around but they're winning football games and now the jayhawks are one game away from eligibility that is nuts that is nuts uh texas throttles west virginia I mean, this was a critical game for Texas. Like you go to two and three, and we're basically facing the same situation we were facing last year with Steve Sarkeesian. And a lot of the questions that, that were asked would be valid questions at that point. They came out from the word jump, the, the word well, from, the, from the jump, and they, they beat him pretty bad. It ends up being 38 to 20. That is not a mark of how close this game actually was. Uh, at one point, I think, let me, let me figure out uh, the largest lead in this game. Just keeping tabs on this. Um, 28 to se- uh, 28 nothing is, is the lead they got with 422 left. And they were able to extend that once uh, once again out of 28. And then they give up, uh, you know, they give up a touchdown and got a field goal and they have a touchdown. Like, it was too late anyway at that point. I mean, they had, they had in the fourth quarter, they were up 28 points, right? Other part of this game, C.J. Donaldson, really bad injury. Uh, really hope that he is okay uh, after that scary, scary injury. B. John Robbins had a really nice game. I mean, Hudson Carter, I give the credit to him for how well he played. 
probably his best game. Uh, he played pretty well last year against ULL, against uh, Lafayette. But this was a really comprehensive performance. Talking Jonathan Davis this morning of Locked On Longhorns, he's like, you know, yeah, people are wondering, is they go with cards, they go with viewers? Nah, man, it's it's yours. I, I know card played really well, but yours uh, is the guy that allows you to spread the ball around in a really significant way. I know card did in this game, but like yours is the guy who just makes your offense more dynamic. We know that for a fact. Once again, love the way for the ball. This was a Worthy's best game, seven for 119, two scores. I, I've talked about Jatavian Sanders before. He gets the end zone twice. Like That's a really good player that they've got there. Jordan Whittington got the ball. So they spread the ball out. West Virginia, man, like it's just not a very – I mean, they had some momentum. Just It's just kind of ran into a buzzsaw this weekend. Like this is what Texas should be. Uh, they kind of kept this thing up for all four quarters. So it's pretty impressive. All right. I mean, I know we hit a lot there, so that's why we went 32 minutes on the show today. Um, give us your thoughts on the weekend in the comment section below. Let us know what you thought was the biggest result from this weekend and, and, and why it was the biggest result. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you guys tap that bell for notifications. We're basically six days, just now almost seven days a week. We have a Sunday show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then on Saturday mornings, I'm posting a prop at top off a segment we do on Big 12 Radio where I create some fun props. I, I, this one, the week, this week, the best one I had was uh, Jacob DeGrom strikeouts minus earned runs against total touchdowns of the Iowa State Kansas game. And the guys picked those on Big 12 Radio. It's a lot of fun. I put that out as a bonus episode on Saturday mornings, just something fun that you guys can have uh, there in your feed. So basically, almost seven days a week of Big 12 content. Make sure you guys check that out. All right, Lou for today's show. Once again, follow us on Twitter at LO Big 12. Subscribe, all that jazz. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.